guys, welcome to this week's episode of What's Your Real Job podcast. I'm your host, Abby Stone. I'm your co-host, Stephanie Sawaya. All right, guys, today we're going to discuss a little bit about what we've been doing during COVID since we started the podcast, what we've loved about the podcast so far and the people we've spoken to and just a little bit of general information about us and getting through COVID and things like that. Yeah, so I think that something that we'll also discuss today is we'll go over some of the things that we've spoken about with our guests in previous episodes, kind of a little highlight reel based on some of the things we've already spoken about and that we think remain relevant to you guys listening at the moment too, because we've touched on a lot of really important topics that we'd love to delve further into with future guests, Um, you know, ranging from things like pay rates and mental health and just a lot of things that affect us all as artists, no matter what our our medium and platform is. But before we get into that, I think, Steph, we should play a little bit of a lockdown-themed quick-thinking first response game just for a bit of fun. What do you reckon? Cool. Let's do it. All right. So, guys, what we're going to do is Steph and I have a list of words each that we're just going to blurt out to the other and the other person's just going to reply with their first response. So do you want to go first, Steph? Uh, Yes. Okay, go for it. Distance. Sad. I think distance makes me feel sad. I'm over it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's been pretty hard, I think, for everybody, having distance between, you know, family members who have moved, me being one of them, moving to two hours from Melbourne and not being able to see any friends or family has been, like, crazy. It's been really difficult. I've never been this far from my friends and family, so everyone's doing it tough. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's something that no one has really ever experienced unless, you know, you're in, like, a long-distance relationship or something of the sort. And even prior to COVID happening, like, one of my best friends, Annie, moved to a different state. So, you know, I had already begun that kind of, like, distanced relationship with someone who was extremely close to me, and that alone was really hard and a big struggle for me. So to go from that and then to be thrown into being distanced from pretty much absolutely everybody in my life is something that, yeah, I'm struggling with. So I'm sure a lot of other people are too. So it's nice to have a platform like this to kind of talk to you, Steph, and and engage with other people. But, yeah, distance definitely is a sad thing for me. Yeah, I think, though, by creating this podcast, we have had the opportunity to not feel so distanced from each other and also other guests. I feel like I've still been able to connect and network with other artists during this period, which has been super important and it's super important for other people to stay connected to their friends and their family and um, even, like, making new friends. Like, I know you did uh, a networking um, Zoom call and, like, that stuff is still so important and I love how everybody has adapted during this time to do things like that. So that's been a bit of a positive for me. That's really cool. It's nice to have, yeah, that perspective on it because you're right. Like, being that we are all kind of separated, if we think about it long enough, it's just going to make us so much more grateful when we do get to come back together again. So that's nice. All right, I'm going to throw my first word to you. Ready? 
home? Far. Really? You don't feel at home where you are? I do, but a piece of me is still in Melbourne and I've, I don't know, it's actually interesting that that was my first response because when I think about it, like I've really settled into where I am and I love it and I feel like I'm absolutely in the right spot for this time in my life. But I also feel like I've left a part of me in Melbourne, which I have. I've, you know, I've left my family and I've left my friends. So home feels a little bit far, but I am still grateful to be where I am. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, prior to the lockdown, Steph moved from metropolitan Melbourne out by the coast. Um, So that's why we're obviously, you know, other than not being able to actually see each other in our homes, that's why we're trying to utilise Zoom. Um, So, yeah, I can imagine that would be hard, but, I mean, I just think about where you live and I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, please. I get to go for walks on the beach every day. I get to look at the beach every day. I don't like complaining about it because I'm really lucky to be in a such a beautiful spot like this. Um, but I guess I just appreciate Melbourne more and I appreciate spending time with my family more, but this has been like a huge change in my life that I think it was going to happen regardless, but we were just pushed to make this move much earlier than we expected. But nonetheless, I'm glad that we made this move like I am exactly where I am supposed to be doing exactly the things that I'm doing so I am happy to be here but I'm still missing a piece which is fine because I can go back and see that missing piece of me whenever I I can when lockdown's finished yeah exactly right you'll you'll always have somewhere waiting for you and you'll always be welcome in in both of those places so It's cool for you to expand your horizons. Yeah. All right. Next one. Yeah. Travel. I miss it. I keep having dreams. I keep having dreams where I'm like in Italy. Um, I think I dreamt, I can't even remember, somewhere like Morocco or something the other night. But, uh, yeah, at the beginning of this year and before I knew anything about coronavirus, I actually put traveling on the back burner, like in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm buying a property this year. That's my goal, you know, personally and financially. So I was pretty content with the the amount of traveling that I'd done up until this point. And I still am so grateful for all the travel that I have been able to do. But I think when the choice is taken away from you, rather than when you've made it for yourself, it just makes you want that thing more. So now that I'm being told I can't do this, I just really want to do it even more, but I have committed to purchasing a property. So I don't know when I'll be able to travel in the future, but I'll definitely make it a goal and I'll persist towards it based on the fact that it's something that I'm really, really missing. And I didn't think I would. And I think if coronavirus didn't exist, I probably wouldn't miss it as much because like I said I had already subscribed to that idea that I wasn't going to do any traveling this year and probably still won't but yeah like I said when that decision is made for you just what makes me kind of resentful so now I'm like don't tell me what I can and can't do like I'm gonna do it so yeah I miss it 
I miss it for sure. I don't think you're the only one feeling like that. I think everybody's feeling a little bit sad. And I think lots of people um, have had holidays cancelled. So I think that's a huge thing for people as well. Like, you know, I know you said that um, travels were on the back burner, but for a lot of people... It, it wasn't and it was planned. I know like lots of family had already booked to go like to Lebanon and to Italy and so many places and now their lives have changed and like they don't even know if they'll be able to get there or when they'll be able to get there but it will be exciting once everything opens back up and I feel like we're living in a new world and everyone has a new perspective on things and kind of feel like it's going to be a little bit more positive once we open back up and we can even just enjoy our own country. Like I'm excited. I'm not even thinking about traveling overseas right now. I'm so excited. I'm booking holidays to like Canberra and Sydney as soon as I can. Canberra. Canberra, don't knock it. I've been there. I can knock it. So everyone says, no, Canberra's boring, Canberra's this. I love it. I went there, Joy and I went there. So for those of you who are listening, my, I, I helped my friend move there for a few months. We drove up, I got her settled, we went out. I'm like, let's look at the nightlife, let's go to the galleries, let's do this, let's do that. It wasn't underwhelming, but it just wasn't. <laughs> Melbourne you know like you can't expect to go to to go out on the town in Canberra and for it to be like like Melbourne because it's 100% not but we loved it like we made so much fun out of what we had and I think maybe that's why I love it like because I've got this really beautiful fond memory but I'm gonna go there I want to show John Canberra and he's like really but I'm like you'll love it so we're gonna go to Canberra and I want to explore Sydney and I want to see my family in Sydney so that's what's gonna happen that's fair enough I'm like dying to go up to the Northern Territory to see Annie and I'm yeah. dying to go up to Byron Bay to see my good friend Laura. So, yeah, those are probably the first places I'll go to when I'm allowed and obviously yeah. to come see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next one. All right, next one is Daniel Andrews. No opinion. Really? Uh, maybe it's because... I don't enjoy watching the news, even when he like talks about where the restrictions are going and whatever. I don't like to watch it because I just get confused or I just feel let down. So I have no opinion on him. I have no opinion on what he's doing or any conspiracy theories Mm. because I'm just trying to like get through yeah. I got no time to think about what he might be doing or not doing for our country because whatever's going to happen is going to happen regardless of who's running our country and no one's going to be like totally happy with yeah. whoever's in power. There's yeah, for sure. it's not going to happen and there's always going to be negatives, always going to be positives, but I'm just trying to get through COVID, man. Like <laughs> I have no time to think about anything else. I'm not angry with him and, like, just take us out of lockdown and it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, but, that's, yeah, yeah fair. What's your opinion? Like, I, we haven't really spoken about Dan Andrews himself. <laughs> Honestly, I 
feel sorry for the guy. I think that nobody, let alone anybody in a position of power in this lifetime, has navigated a situation like this. So I think no matter what he did and no matter the response of the Victorian government, um, like you said, you know, there, no matter what we did, it was never going to be perfect and it was never going to be right for some people and it was never going to be completely wrong for other people. So um, I think that he's damned if he does or doesn't. So I think what a lot of people are forgetting is the fact that he lives in Metro Melbourne as well. So it's not like he's locking us down and then going out to his mansion in bloody, you know, the, on the Mornington Peninsula and having a year old time. Like he and his family are experiencing this as well. So, yeah, I just, I, obviously I don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors and what's going on in regards to coronavirus, but I, I really feel sorry for the guy and I'm I'm truly of the belief that all of the decisions that are being made on behalf of the Victorian people are for the greater good. So I just really can't, I can't look online anymore and see people complaining the way that they are and comparing us to disaster zones and, you know, concentration camps and things like that. I just think, yeah. I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. It's, you know, who, how are you going to know what to do when you've never gone through anything like this? So, yeah, I, I, I like him. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's the next one? Um, time. Time. Too much of it right now. I've got nothing but time. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't know. I, I've spent a lot of this year... Um, working, well, not really working towards one particular thing, but waiting for things, whether that be like in my personal life or with music or, you know, any type of art. I just feel like I've spent a lot of this year just waiting and biding time and I'm just over it. Like I feel like a lot of time has been wasted. So, yeah, I've just got too much time at the moment. <laughs> That's what I think about that. What about you? Um... I think that I have used my time wisely, which is probably the first time that I've ever felt like that. Because I think that when you're working, you're busy, you're studying, you're seeing friends, family, gatherings, whatever, you don't have a lot of time to actually sit down Think about who you are, what you're doing, reflect on your work, especially for us artists. I've been able to reflect on my work more closely and like better than I ever would have in a busy stage of my life. I think I've appreciated, I appreciate this time. And I think that we have spoken to a couple of people who have said the same thing. I think like Alana in our first episode mentioned that she did actually enjoy her time to create and to create slowly and thoughtfully, which is what I feel like I've been doing as well. I've been able to like just take a step back, review and relax a little bit. And I've like 
I've improved my health and my eating habits and my exercising habits. So I've really appreciated this time. And I, we wouldn't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think we would ever have started a podcast if not for this time, like maybe not in maybe as in depth or I'm not sure, but I just don't feel like I would have the time to do something like this. And I've really appreciated the fact that we've got to do this. Yeah, that's true. So when I had the concept for the podcast, I was still working at the time. So it was just before the second lockdown. I was like, I'd love to do this. But yeah, it wasn't until we were properly locked down and at home that we were actually sit, no, sorry, able to sit down and, and create the concept for it and exactly what we wanted to do with it and who we wanted to talk to and the artwork for it. So, yeah, you're, you're right in that sense. I hadn't really thought about how I, I have utilised this time, which I guess, yeah, I guess I have. So it's nice to stop and think about it like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think if you think about the first lockdown and the things that you were maybe doing prior to that, to the second lockdown and what you've done since, I think we've done a lot. And I think that both personally and I don't know about you professionally, but me professionally, like I've achieved a lot in this downtime and it's been a really nice change of pace. I think because mm. I was always I was working three jobs and I was seeing my friends like every night after work and I was seeing my family every weekend and I just never had time to stop and think and reflect so something else I want to add as well is if you haven't used this time to your advantage or you've got things on your mind or you've written things down like that's okay it's you don't need to be doing all these things or be, you know, executing all your plans. If you've just been going by day by day, just getting up in the morning and doing normal things, like that's okay too. I don't like the this social media stigma of like if you're not doing something now, then you're wasting your time. Like if that's not it, it's whatever works for you, you do it. Like you do you or you don't do anything and you just get through. It's like, it's all good. Yeah. And it's nice to hear you say that because I've definitely felt that. Like think about my response to that question. It was, I've got too much time and I'm kind of throwing it away. And, you know, I haven't really discussed this much on the podcast, but I have previously in like other forms of media that I've, you know, been a part of, but I'm a highly anxious person and that's something that I suffer with and I have like kind of lived with my whole life since I was a kid. But there are, I bring that up because there are days that I literally will open my eyes the second that I wake up and my very first thought is, oh God, like I will literally open my eyes and the first thing I think is, oh, another day. And then I sit there, oh, sorry, I lay there and I go on my phone, and which is never healthy. And, you know, you see people that are up going for walks or, you know, utilising their day. And I just think, oh, I am not doing that. And then I spend the whole entire day just trying to convince myself that, you know, you're allowed, you're allowed to take this time. If, you, if all you want to do today is watch the Vampire Diaries, you're allowed. And even though I know that that's true, if all that I, if all of the energy that I have in me that day is to sit on my couch and watch the Vampire Diaries, 
well, I don't have anything better to do at that point because I don't have the energy to invest into something that's going to be a better use of my time. So if I were feeling like that, if I've woken up one day and I've opened my eyes and my first thought is, ugh, and I muster up every bit of my energy to try and write a song, well, that song is going to be ugh, or whatever I produce that day is going to match the level of energy that I invest into it. So for me, you know, this might not work for every creative person. Some people might sit down at a piano or at an easel or at their camera or whatever, and that might invigorate them and make them feel better. And sometimes it does that for me too, a lot of the time, you know, but there are also days where it makes me feel worse because I'll work on a project when I'm feeling low and I'll hate what I've made. And then that just reignites this kind of fight or flight in me where I think, I, I hate what I've made. I'm, I'm bad at what I do. And I, I know now talking about that, that the reason I feel like that is because I didn't have the energy to invest that day. So from somebody that's actively going through that, if you are too, if you're listening and you feel like that, preserve your energy and put it into just taking care of yourself and making yourself feel like it is all right to just sit there, chill out and do something that actually makes you feel good. And if you feel good, that's enough. Then you've had a productive day. You've invested that energy into you and that's productive. Okay. So, you know, we put out a, um, a call out onto our Instagram stories last week about things that aren't really discussed enough in the arts and I'm kind of jumping ahead with this topic now, but I think it's a good lead into it if you don't mind me going forward, Steph. Yeah. Um, One of the things that somebody mentioned in response to that was, was mental health. So obviously Stephanie and I are not mental health experts. We don't feel super comfortable um, discussing this in depth, but we would really, really love to chat to somebody that is. So if you are listening and you're a mental health professional or you know a mental health professional, we would really love to chat to you. So please get in touch. But it isn't something that is discussed enough. Like obviously we, you know, for musicians, we have platforms such as Support Act, which is incredible, but it's just important to note that some artistic people, and I don't want to generalize and say all, but some artistic people can be, you know, very emotional because it takes that to put into, to put feeling into a product, right? You have to have a certain level of emotion that you can put into your work, right? And based on that, when we do put that personal emotion into our work and we're not happy with it or we feel really overwhelmed by it, that can really affect us. So if you find that you are going down that path of, you know, waking up and feeling like, ugh, you know, I really encourage you to reach out to a mental health professional. It's I was talking to a close friend the other day and I basically said that seeking medical help or like professional help when it comes to your mental health is something that's stigmatized and looked at as if it's something that you do when your life is bad. Like it's an it's this I don't want to say it's a negative thing, but it's this thing that you do to fix you when you're in a bad place in your life, right? Would you agree? Definitely. Right. So I don't see it like that. The way I see mental health help um, is if your life is excellent, 
like you feel like you're at the peak of your life or even if it's not that, even if, you know, you're feeling really good about your life, you know, things are falling into place as they are, you know, you're in healthy relationships, you're kicking personal goals, whatever. I truly believe that therapy and psychological help should be something that is seen as the next level of happiness. It's like I'm feeling really good now. I feel like I could go and get some, I feel like I could go and talk to somebody and get to know myself on a deeper level, which might even make me feel even more, you know, might give me a deeper understanding of who I am and why why there are certain negative things in my life or why there are certain reactions that I have that might be based on childhood traumas or whatever, you know. I think it's something that can take your life to another level. And I think that that's purely because of the reading that I do and the research that I do based on and the people that I follow too on social media, you know, all of that information and the way it um, discusses help surrounding mental health. I just think that it's, it should be seen as something that's really positive. So if you're in a position where you've been thinking about going and getting therapy like I have, I really think that we should just bloody do it. Let's do it. So if anyone else is in that position and you want to have a chat about it, like I said, I'm not really, you know, Steph and I aren't mental health professionals, but if you want to talk about mental health, then you should, you should go and seek that. So it's definitely something we want to talk about. Wow. I have just word vomited my way through this entire podcast. I'm so sorry. No, that was great. I think I appreciate that you shared um, your anxiousness with us because it, I don't think it is spoken about very much, um, especially with artists, kind of you don't see their bad days, you just kind of get the production of all of their good days and their bad days mixed in and you kind of get the end of that and you get their whatever the creation is and you don't like see the process or, you know, in terms of COVID, you don't see someone's bad days, you just kind of see their good days on social media and then on your bad days that makes you feel like shit. Yeah, exactly. And not always fair and it's not it's not always very healthy. Like it can be a good push and it can be inspiration for you to look at and go, oh, well, you know, if they're doing it, then I'm going to get up and do it too. But it's often looked at as, oh, my gosh, why aren't I doing that as well? I feel like crap and I can't get out of bed and now I just feel like a piece of shit because they're doing it and I'm, and I'm not. Yeah. So I think, it's, you know, you can change your mindset of how you look at it or you can just accept the way you're feeling and do some soul searching, whether that be through personally personal growth or reading books or doing your own research or whether that be therapy and I think that's a really interesting and different way that I've heard someone talk about therapy as being something that you do when you are feeling good and as the next step of feeling good and positive and happy I've never really heard of anyone talk about therapy like that um and to me, my interpretation of what you said is doing soul searching and and is what I've been able to do during this downtime as well. I've like I've spoken more about, you know, childhood trauma and um 
trying to figure out why I am the way I am. But with professional help, I could probably get there more easy. And I didn't really think about that because I feel like I am at a good place in my life and I would never have thought I should go to therapy at this point in my life. So you've made a really good point and I think that um, more people should look at it like that. Thanks. Yeah, I think so too just because there are so many people that are at really negative points in their life and at that that rock-bottom place that, you know, by law in some in some cases they they have to go and get therapy right so there's this negative thing around it and that's how we've built up this stigma um and realistically it's just a great resource that i don't know why it even has a a negative stigma around it like i don't know why that's a bad thing if someone is sitting down with another person who is medically professionally trained and qualified to do that discussing themselves and getting a better understanding of who they are like what in what world is that a bad thing like that is a great thing so yeah I definitely wanted to touch on that because especially considering somebody actually you know reached out and said that that's not something that's discussed enough and yeah like I said I've only recently started discussing my anxiety even though it's something that I've had since a kid so since being a kid so yeah, I feel very passionately about it. So thank you for letting me word vomit on about it. But whose turn is it to give the next word? I think it's me to you, yeah? I think so. Okay, I'm going to do one. I'm going to say love. Um, my first response to love would be the only word that's popping into my head is passion. I feel like love and passion go hand in hand, I guess. And when I think of love at the moment, I think of John, my fiance. And I think about how this is the second time around we've had to reschedule our wedding. And this weekend coming up is, you know, should have been our second wedding date. And I think about how frustrating that is, but I also think about how, like, passionately in love I am still, regardless of everything that's going on. And even though I've been with him 24-7, I'm still, like, obsessed with him. And we've been together for seven years and I just feel so passionately about him. And I'm like... Some people aren't in my situation and I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that I am in this situation and that I am able to share all my time with someone who I love so passionately. And, yeah, I think I'm, I'm ve- I feel very blessed and I don't take it for granted at all and I'm, yeah, very passionate about my love. <laughs> oh, that's the best. I love that. Yeah. Anyone for anyone listening that don't know Steph and John, they are the ultimate, ultimate couple. They're like those little old people that you see that have been married for 50, 60 <laughs> years. They're just the younger version of that. So I'm glad I asked that. That was such a beautiful answer. Thank you. What about you? What would your connection be to love? Hmm. Um <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I feel like it doesn't exist and it's 
because of people like you and John that I know that's not true. And that's like, that's the truth. Um, you know, I am in love and I, I know what that feels like. So that obviously challenge what challenges what I said earlier, but I really struggle to, to like believe in an everlasting romantic love. Like I, I, there's a really big cynic in me who's like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how can you love someone forever? (laughs) I don't know. It's so silly. And that's so negative of me, but it's just a product of my environment, you know, of, of how I grew up. Um, and things that I've, you know, experienced. So love is something, you know, if you asked me like five years ago, I would say that like I'm a hopeless romantic, right? Because I was 20 and stupid. And I part of me is still extremely romantic and loves that idea of being in love and, and um yeah, being really romantic, I think it's beautiful and it's obviously achievable because I see it, like I said, in people like you and John. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems unrealistic for someone, for me. I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's a sad answer. That's so depressing. And I'll probably write a whole album about that, but that's just my truth right now. I think you're right that it's easy to feel like that when your environment is surrounded by a lot of divorce and, you know, not no strong relationships because I connect with that. Even though I'm passionately in love, I connect with feeling like sad about love sometimes because, you know, it's easy to feel sad about love when you've had your heart broken or if you come from a broken home, which, you know, I'm, I've, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with divorce and, it's unusual to me that I am in such a long-term loving relationship because I haven't really been surrounded by that. And maybe if I hadn't have found John so early in my life or I don't know, if ever, maybe I would not feel the way I do now. Well, I definitely wouldn't feel the way I do now because, you know, it wouldn't be so clear to me, but I think that I would know that love is not only found with somebody else, but it is also found within yourself. I think like my mum always kind of instilled that in me, like to be confident, to love yourself, to always, you know, do what you can to give yourself positive words. And I think, you know, affirmating and stating to yourself that, love doesn't have to be found through somebody else, but it's very meaningful in your own heart and for yourself. I think that's huge too. Like, I don't know when I talk about love, of course I think about my relationship, but if I didn't have my relationship, then I'd probably think about it within myself. And I think it's hard as an artist to not be hard on yourself, to not kind of get down on yourself, to not compare yourself, even not as an artist, as an everyday person, it's social media, you know, makes you feel a bit crappy. If you're not, if you don't look a certain way, it makes you feel a certain way. So I don't know. I don't know really what I mean by any of this, but I just blurted it out. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. And again, like when I put out my second EP, right, I was going through this part in my life where I think a lot of young 20-somethings go through. And it's like this sassy kind of revelation where you're like, I don't need no man. Like I'm, I'm good by myself. And truly writing all that music, you know, I still believe every single word. I am that person wholeheartedly and I am incredibly independent and, um, very selfish in the sense, in a positive way, in the sense that the way I feel in any situation that I'm in is my, my paramount priority. Right. Um, and you can say that I'm not caring enough because of that, but that's, you know, I know that's not true. So that's all that matters. But, um, I think as you get older too, and you experience things more and, and deeply and whatever, um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but as I've gotten older, um, you kind of soften up and you're kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I can still be really independent and love myself and care about myself first and foremost. But it gets to a point where you want to share that, whether that's with a, you know, a person or if you're a musician with the entire bloody world, you know, so Yes, you are so right, Steph, in saying that love for yourself is the most important thing. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Um, what's your next word for me? Um, cafes. Oh, like a Melbourne institution that we're missing. It's like it's like if you're religious and you don't you can't go to church on a Sunday morning anymore. That's how I feel. I miss cafes so much, so much. I'm so jealous that you can still go to them. <laughs> oh, I'm so blessed. We we got to go to our first um breakfast at a cafe this morning and we just like we looked at each other and I'm like I can't believe we're doing this. Like yeah. this is so nice that we're allowed to do this and I feel sad and sorry for everybody in Melbourne that they're not allowed to but I feel very grateful for being in regional Vic and I am allowed to and on this I do want to touch on we have discussed many things that aren't relating to our podcast today we've gotten very raw we've gotten very deep which I don't know if it was our intention but I love that we have but I did want to bring up the fact that during this time and after this time, if you are an artist, it's okay if you can't go back into your field right away. If you need to take a break from what you're doing for whatever reason, because you haven't been able to create during COVID or because it's going to be hard to get back into the workforce, that's okay. I have recently just started a cafe job, which I'm absolutely in love with and I'm so grateful for because so many people can't work. But I just want people to know that it's okay. Like still keep up with your art, keep doing what you're doing. You might not be able to do as much of it, but you will get back there. And I'm not planning, you know, to work at a cafe for the rest of my life. It's just for now and I've got some goals that I need to kick that require me to have a real job quote unquote which I'm 
I'm just doing because that's what my life requires me to do right now. And I'm still doing photography. I'm still loving doing this podcast. And I'm, I'm obviously hoping that we continue this post COVID, but I just want people to know that if they have to go back into the workforce into a nine to five job, like not to get too down on yourself about that because it's all good. And if you're a creative, you're always going to be a creative and you're always going to find yourself, you find your way back into that field. I'm so glad you said that. That's something I've never even thought of, you know, the fact that, yeah, being stuck at home and going back to what we were saying earlier about like not having the energy to invest into your art right now. If, you know, by circumstance, you like have to go get a job at Coles or, you know, you get a position at, at a, at a job that's, that wasn't really in your plan. You know, we're all in survival mode at the moment. The whole entire world is going through something that we could have never planned for. We could have never expected. And right now we need to eat. We need to keep a food, uh, keep a roof over our heads and seriously survive. So if you're in a position where you can get a job anywhere right now, and make money for yourself to live and invest into yourself, that that is investing into your art. You know, that is taking care of yourself enough to ensure that you're going to still be here and still be healthy and still have some security around you in order to create more work when you feel like you can, when you feel up to it. So thanks for bringing that up. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, I think Mm. it's important. It's an important topic to talk about and like don't be fooled I've met three artists working at a cafe job yeah I'm about to I swear I I've been applying for jobs I haven't received any <laughs> but I keep seeing Aldi ads pop up. I'm like, bitch I can work at Aldi I can sit yes. down I can yes. I can be a checkout chick this like you're not the only creative that's going to be working at a cafe. I can mm. tell you that much I have been super surprised at the type of people that I've met in my cafe job like most of them are creative and I've still been able to network I'm still you know connecting with other artists and I'm two hours from Melbourne like I never would have thought that oh I'm gonna meet other creatives where I am because I never had the opportunity to now that I do I have met some beautiful artists and I'm like super inspired and it's important you need to like Stay inspired no matter what you're doing. Whether you're an LD checkout chick, stay inspired. You need to, like, you know, beep your way into a song. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. But we're artists. We're creative. We'll get through it. We'll just, we just need to make the best of what we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Do you want to do another word or we can leave it at that, I reckon, because I think that that encapsulates everything perfectly. Yes, I'm happy to leave it at that. I do want to say a humongous thank you to everybody who's been on What's Your Real Job so far. I want to say a huge thank you to you, Abby. I want to say thank you for getting me on board with this. Thank you for letting me ramble on about random things and do everything that we've done so far yeah absolutely so this is our 10th episode 
And who would have thought when we created this that would be 10 episodes in talking about like your mental health throughout coronavirus. But, yeah, thank you so much to everybody that's been on and everybody that's listened and taken time out of their day to send us a message, message sorry, to say that they've listened. Um, we really appreciate it. This is a massive, massive passion project of ours. It's what's keeping us inspired and excited. We love talking to creative people. It's the sole reason that we created this podcast. It wasn't out of boredom. Like I said, you know, we were talking about this when we were still working. This is something that we really love to do. So if you have invested any amount of time listening or being on this podcast we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. So thank you so much. And Steph, I want to say a big, big thank you to you as well, because, you know, as, as we mentioned in the very first episode that we recorded together, the second that Steph and I met, like we knew that we wanted to work together and who would have thought that a year and a bit later, we would be, we would have such a creative, like a strong creative relationship that we trust each other with absolutely every creative decision. Like, if Steph told me, you know, don't wear that dress because you could do better creatively, like you can you can put more effort into that, I'd be like, okay, yes, I trust you, you know, and it's something that is so rare and special. So thank you so much for doing this with me and being the perfect podcasting partner and friend and confidant and creative um, collaborator that there could be. Thank you. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> I love you too. All right, guys. Well, we're going to put our heads together and get some more incredible guests for you guys to listen to. As always, if you have any suggestions, we love hearing them. We are not proud people. <laughs> Send your suggestions our way. We want to hear them. Any topics that you'd like us to cover, any topics that you would not like us to cover, send our way. Um, if you have any advice for us, we love to hear it. So thank you so much. Um, all of our information as usual will be in the show notes and you can follow us at our Instagram, which is what's your real job podcast. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you soon. Bye.